Welcome to the Kellen Roland Show. I'm Kellen. I'm your host. It's good to be back. It's good to be talking with you. How you doing? How's your week? How's your day? How's your weekend? What are you doing right now? Life good? Talk to me. Or as we say, talk to them. That's what we say when, you know, one of our boys or someone is about to, you know, essentially, you know, let them know how it is. You know, talk to them. So thanks for tuning in. We're on Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It makes a huge difference. I read every rating. I read every comment. I really appreciate it. Uh, Good, bad, you know, anything. I'm just open for feedback. And that's a part of this whole journey. Also, released a new logo. What do you think? I absolutely love the logo. I feel like now the show has a design DNA. I love design. It's so important to me. Color, the shape, size. I just love it. And the new design, if you're listening to this, you're most likely aware or noticed it, or maybe you didn't. So, you know, hey, look down, check it out. What do you think? Let me know. I love the new color combination. So we have a navy and then a salmon. We added in, I added in life and coffee in the design of the logo because this is all about life. And we're always starting off with coffee. Coffee is the start of every day right after the meditation. It was cool because uh, to do the logo, I got to work with my buddy, Eric. Great guy. I've known him for probably uh, 12 years. I used to sleep on his couch in Brooklyn when I would go out there for work. Him and I grew up in the clothing industry. We are both salespeople. So, you know, I'm not sure if you know this, but I've been in this as a salesman and on the brand building side for 13 years. That's my career. That's what I do. And I met Eric at a trade show called Agenda, which was the up and coming art, music, fashion, action, sports, streetwear trade show. He was working for 10 Deep and I was working for a brand called Fresh Jive. Shout out Rick Klotz, streetwear OG in the game. And uh, yeah, I met Eric. I didn't even know what a crew neck sweatshirt was back then. And uh, hey, you know, times have changed. So we became friends and we've been friends ever since. And he helped me design this logo. Thank you, Eric. I very much appreciate you lending your design skills to me and becoming my design mentor. I think the work we did on this was exceptional. So thank you. So this week is all about meditation. And I want to tell you a story about how I found my way to meditation. It's an interesting love story. And everybody loves a good love story. And it's not my love story, it's my friends. So, before I start, I want to tell you about my temperament and my mentality 
before meditation. I was highly reactive. It was easy to get under my skin. I was constantly angry, then happy, angry, then happy, kind of going through these emotional roller coasters. And on sometimes when it was bad, you know, just basically throwing full on temper tantrums as almost a grown man, like in my twenties, if I didn't like what was going on, I would just leave, you know, it's like the equivalent of taking your toys from the toy box and, uh, you know, scammering home. It doesn't feel good to say now, but it's a part of this honesty. If you don't know where I came from, then how are we both going to get to where we're going? And being open with you is important. So I was a little temperamental baby, highly reactive, and uh, yeah, that was just my temperament. I really didn't understand this concept of controlling your emotions and your reactions. I felt that every emotion and reaction that I felt I was that emotion or feeling. I held on to my emotions and feelings with a vice grip. I just held on to them. I didn't want to let them go, good or bad. So that's who I was. And we'll get to kind of, you know, the transformation that happened from meditation. So how do I find out how to meditate? I grew up in Agora Hills. It's about 45 minutes to an hour away from Los Angeles Interestingly enough, Agora Hills is now more known because it's next to Calabasas, which has become a refuge for celebrities, probably most notably the Kardashians and Mr. West. So that's Agora. It's a great suburb. I grew up out there and I had a buddy named Adam. He was a couple years younger than I was and, uh, Him and his buddies and my buddies, we weren't in the same grade, but we were just homies. So we hung out and I've known the guy forever and I've always liked Adam and I've always, you know, I've always thought he was just a rad, cool guy, hard worker, always had his shit together. I used to take him to McDonald's, him and his boys to McDonald's and I had this Firebird that looked just like the one in Knight Rider and I would drive it like fucking wah, you know, just like it was stick shift. I was like doing burnouts. I thought I was all cool. I don't know if Adam appreciated the fast driving, but hey, you know, in high school you do stupid shit. It was fun. So flash forward, like, you know, probably I think this all went down around age, I was 29 or 30. So about four and a half years ago, five years ago. So Adam is, Adam's going through, a really bad breakup and he had a lot of work to do on his life and in self-improvement and he wanted to make a change and make his life better and kind of breaking up with his girlfriend at the time, it pushed him to a point to find meditation as a practice and something he could do every day that was going to help him get back on track to the life that he wanted So he started meditating and I knew he was going through this breakup. So I saw him and this is about five years ago, maybe four and a half years ago. And I asked, you know, Hey man, how you doing? And I could tell that he was not in a good spot. He was definitely, you know, sad and upset about the breakup, but he had this, this glimmer of hope. There was a light at the end of the tunnel And he spoke so passionately about meditation and what it was doing for him. And I 
am so grateful that the universe put us together on that day. We were in Agora hanging out and he was generous enough to tell me what was going on in his life. He was generous enough to be open with me about wanting to improve his life, improve his self and you know, the hardship he was going through with the breakup and how meditation was helping him. And I'm forever grateful for that. It was, again, it was so generous. And uh, he told me about a book he was reading called 10% Happier, which I soon after read, and he was using the meditation app. And because he opened his door and I could feel his energy that there was something there, something was changing his life. He was now on this road to find a way forward and it was beautiful and I could feel his energy and I wanted to be a part of it. So I took that opportunity to really dive into meditation. And at the end of the podcast, I'll give you an update on what happened with Adam and Emma. You'll want to stay tuned. It's, uh, it's fucking insane, but I'll get back to that later. So I started reading this book and this book kind of was like the skeptical journey of this guy, how he found meditation. His name's Dan Harris. It's called 10% Happier. He was a famous newscaster and he kind of became infamous for having this panic attack on the air. So Dan Harris finds meditation. I really like the book and I start using the Headspace app. And this is where... I'm going to slow the story down and break down to you what it's like to dive into meditation. And I'm going to address my fears that I had going into meditation and some of the fears that I consistently encounter whenever I'm speaking with somebody about meditation. So I was like, I don't know if I can meditate. I don't know if I could stop my thoughts. I probably can't sit still. I mean, really, prior to learning how to meditate, I there was no time in my life that I sat quietly for more than one minute without a phone or a television or a book. Let me repeat that. Up until learning how to meditate, I had not spent one minute sitting in silence. I was always on my phone, watching TV or with somebody else. Who else is in the same boat? How many of you have not sat in silence for one or two minutes without your phone, without music, without TV or some distraction? And hey, 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 napping doesn't count. But I would also try to think like, oh, well, napping is kind of like that. And when I say that and I'm recording this, I'm thinking, wow, that is absolutely insane because now for four and a half years, this has been my life. Sitting in silence every day is a part of my life. But how did I get there? Like, how do you go from never meditating, never sitting in silence, highly reactive, kind of a jerk to 
obsessively, habitually meditating and it becoming a part of your life. So when I start meditating with the Headspace app, some people ask like, well, what do you do? Like, where do you do it? When do you do it? So where do you do it? Ideally in your room. Now, I am single, so I don't have a significant other in my room. So I wake up in the morning and I meditate. But what's it like? You know, what's it like to meditate, especially in the beginning, right? Because like, oh, you know, Kellen, you've been doing it for four and a half years. You're just like a pro meditator, but I've never meditated. So how am I going to do it? I don't know whose voice that is, but we'll go with it. So you sit down, you download this app, and there's other ways to start meditating, but you download this app and you sit in silence. And this guy, Andy, talks you through your first couple sessions and then continues upon with this journey of meditation. So this is like the first couple times you meditate. This is what it was like for me. Okay, I'm going to sit down. Cool. I'm going to turn the app on. I'm going to get in a comfortable position and this guy is going to start talking to me. He's going to tell me to focus on my breath and to start being aware of my breath, being aware of my body and feeling, you know, my fingers and my toes and building this general picture of my body. And then this guy is going to say, you know, either like imagine this waterfall of sunlight spilling into your head or I want you to count your breath. Now, counting your breath seems very simple, right? One breath, two breaths, three breaths, four breaths, right? It seems it seems very simple. And it can be extremely difficult. It can almost be impossible. And my fear is that some of you might try to meditate and you might not be able to count your breath or do this visualization. And because of that, you might get discouraged. But don't get discouraged. Hang in there. Because the biggest myth or common misconception that I encounter with people I know is, I can't meditate I've tried it before. I can't clear my head. I can't stop thinking. No problem. Neither can I. And I never have. I've never been able to stop my thoughts for any more than a couple seconds at a time, maybe 30 seconds, maybe a minute. I don't know. I mean, I don't even pay attention because I don't put a value on it. But when you start to meditate, it feels like the society's perception of meditation is like you're this zen monk and you sit down perfect posture you know your legs are crossed your hands are up in the air and you're just like blank like that's not what it's like here's what it's really like you have 70 to 80,000 thoughts that flow through your mind a day I got that fact from the transcendentalmeditation.org website or tm.org 70 to 80,000 thoughts that come through your head a day. So you sit down back to Andy and he's got this really calm voice and he's like, now, <laughs> I was going to impersonate him, but I haven't heard the app in a while. But anyways, he's like, count your breath, one, two. So I'm like, okay, cool. I got this. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to be the best meditator. Again, very bad. You should not want to be the best meditator. You, In fact, that's not the context. However, I want to be really good at meditating. So I sit down, one breath, two breaths, 
oh shit, I wonder if Game of Thrones is back yet. I love Game of Thrones. Damn, Khaleesi is so hot. Damn, Cersei Lannister is a G. Wait, hold on, wait, hold on. Why am I thinking of Game of Thrones? I'm supposed to be meditating. Okay, back to meditating. One breath, two breaths. Oh my God, I'm fucking starving. I need Izakaya right now. I need popcorn shrimp with eel sauce and spicy. Oh my God, wait, hold on, wait. What's going on? Wait, hold on, wait. I'm supposed to be meditating. Why are you thinking about sushi? Kellen, you suck at meditating. This is all the stuff that's going on through your head when you meditate. And then from there, I'm like, okay, all right, back to my breath. And finally, you know, you get the hang of it. And every now and then you get to count to 10 and you feel really good. But the goal is not to not have thoughts. And yes, it's nice to be able to count to 10 and do the visualizations. And it does feel good. And I think there's some value there. However, It's all about understanding the objective and the objective for me and what's worked so well for me with meditation is that meditation is a tool and a practice that has allowed me to gain an awareness, a relationship, and a recognition of my thoughts, my feelings, and my emotions. And When I developed that, I was able to change how I interacted with myself and with the world around me. So again, meditation is not about sitting down and having this blank mind of nothingness and then boom, 10 minutes later, you're done. It's just about taking the time every day to sit down and really just quiet your mind put your phone down, turn your music off, and just sit with yourself. And I think after, not I think, after sessions and practice, you will start to see the benefit when you're not meditating. So what are some of the benefits, right? Like, let's quantify this, Kellen. Like, you're sitting here telling us that, oh, you know, you need to meditate. It's a superpower. Well, what's the big superpower? Let me give you a couple examples. The easiest example that I believe the most of us will sympathize with or empathize is probably the correct word, road rage. How many of you get angry when there's traffic? Someone cuts you off. Someone honks. Someone doesn't drive correctly and swerves over at you? Do you get stressed? Do you get aggravated? You're sending, if you said yes, which please be honest, because I used to be like that a lot. You get all this stress and this like energy and you're allowing your entire mood to change because of something that's really innocuous. But before I meditated, I was not able to recognize stimulus reaction. Prior to meditating, it was all one thing, meaning car swerves, guy honks, I'm pissed. So the stimulus was the car swerving or cutting you off. And the reaction is I'm angry. Now my body's angry. I've sent stress hormones all across my body. 
I've added this unnecessary feeling, which is going to impact my emotional state going forward for the rest of the day. By meditating and becoming aware of those thoughts as they come and go, like, oh, Game of Thrones or Izakiah, and realizing that these thoughts seem to just pop up in our head at will, you then, I then start to recognize, oh, I got cut off. I feel this feeling coming over me. I feel this emotional reaction. I feel stressed or I feel angry. But do I have to hold on to that feeling or do I have to engage with it? Or can I just let it go? We have so many thoughts and feelings go through us every single day, every single moment. You're probably thinking of two or three things other than what I'm talking about right now. Yes, I'm talking to you. Get back to paying attention. Thank you. So we have all these thoughts and these feelings, and when we can gain an awareness of them, we can start to decide which ones we want to either hold on to or the ones we want to let go of. Another example with meditation is, you know, with me and my mom, I love my mom, and sometimes we have a trying relationship, and sometimes I'll do something where I let her down or she'll do something that lets me down or we'll get in an argument and I'll hold on to those feelings for like a couple days. Now, if we have a disagreement, I recognize that it's just an emotion and it's just a feeling and that I am not my emotions or my feelings and I can make the conscious decision to let them go. So let me say that again. We are not our emotions or our feelings. The things that pop in your head all day, happy, sad, angry, excited, what am I going to do later? What should I wear? Oh my God, I don't have enough friends. I have too many friends. I need more likes on Facebook. Oh, I have too many likes on Facebook. Whatever is running through your head, that stuff is not you. When you realize that, you can gain this larger perception of consciousness and then you can decide what you hold on to and what you engage into. So you're not your thoughts or your feelings. So next time you have a negative feeling or something happens with somebody, whether it's a coworker or a friend or someone in the service industry or something, you know, walking down the street, something happens. You can choose to let it go. Think about how much time is spent on ruminating. Oh my God, I was the king of ruminating, reliving every meeting, reliving every conversation. Oh my God, I would have said this. If I had only said that, I could have done this. So unhealthy. It's like basically ruminating on the past is like paying a bill that you've already paid multiple times. It's so stupid. It gets you nothing. And then the whole thing of like, you know, telling yourself the future story. What if this is going to happen? That's going to happen. Oh, okay, this is going to happen. Then it's going to be bad. And you make up all these scenarios and you start reliving them. It's like you're paying the bill before it's due. I don't want to pay a bill before it's due. I'd rather pay it when it's due because in the context of this example, not all bills become due. Meaning you might, I might think, you know, I'm going to do this podcast and no one's going to like it and everybody's going to hate it and I'm going to almost give myself the anxiety of that poor performance before I even hit publish on the podcast. What's the point of that? 
when I post the podcast, everyone is going to love it. It's going to be a world famous success. I would rather play that game than play the game of anticipating failure. So you're not your thoughts, you're not your emotions. And you know, other things that you realize when you start to get into your meditation practice is, you know, you're like, you tell yourself this story, you know, like, oh, you know, and this comes from the Headspace app. So Andy, if you're listening, I'm giving you the credit because this is your example and it's so good that I'm going to use it. Oh my God, my leg itches. Okay, well, your leg itches. You could leave it at that. Like my leg is itching. I'm not going to concern myself if it's going to itch later or if it's going to hurt later. Or you could be like, okay, my leg hurts. I wonder how long it's going to hurt. Why does it hurt? Oh my God, it could hurt forever. Dude, it's got to stop hurting. And before you know it, you're adding all of these layers onto your leg hurting. And you don't need to do that. Instead, you could just treat it as a moment, as this one thing of my legs hurt. And then you just move on. Now, I'm not saying meditation will cure you from aches and pains, but you don't need to add the additional mental stress of all of these other what ifs. So, you know, meditation through practice, through four and a half years of meditation, my life has exponentially improved. Everything that I've talked to you about came from meditation, consistency. I have such a better, you know, personal, interpersonal relationship with the people around me. I'm able to detach myself from the momentary thought or feeling that pops in my head. And I'm able to really choose my responses. And for those of you who are, you know, business minded and you're interested on how does meditation help you in the business sense, We've all been in meetings where the meeting has taken a turn that maybe you didn't want, or the agenda that you were pushing is not really being adopted, or you know what, someone's improving and they've taken the meeting on another direction, another topic. You can recognize these things happening in real time and choose your response instead of taking your natural response and just running with it. So your natural response could be getting frustrated. Your natural response could be getting disinterested. Your natural response could be to become defensive or to go on the attack. None of those four responses are going to be productive. However, when you develop and you sharpen this tool of meditation, you can see this happening okay, the meeting's not going where I want it to go. I feel myself getting defensive, but I'm aware of it now. I'm aware that I'm getting defensive. Oh, well, because I'm not my feelings and my thoughts, I now can recognize that I'm being defensive. I've identified it and I've stopped. All of this can happen in a matter of seconds. All of that in a matter of seconds. Think about that. I mean, this is real deal stuff, people. This is game changer stuff. You get this down, you will have a superpower in your back pocket at all times that's free. I cannot say it enough. Meditation, my practice, 
It's changed my life. I encourage everybody to try it. The type of meditation you do, whether it's the app headspace or transcendental meditation, it's up to you. In December of 2017, I started doing transcendental meditation. It is not app-based and it's mantra-based. I'm going to get into that on another episode. I want to really get into what transcendental meditation has done for me. But everyone out there, this is the time. You know, the entire, the world is becoming focused on wellness. This is the time where you can make a decision today to drastically improve your life. Today, you can drastically improve your life by living in the present moment. Meditation teaches us to be in the moment. And when we're in the moment, we're not reliving yesterday and we're not making up what's going to happen tomorrow. We're present. When we're present, we're happier. When we're engaged with the world around us, we're happier. These are the tools and the benefits that will come from meditation. I have not met anybody who meditates regularly that has anything negative to say about it. Everyone I know that meditates speaks volumes of how important it is to their life. So that's really how the story of me being a little baby, one of my really good buddies going through a moment in his life where he needed to find a new way forward. He had a breakup. That breakup allowed him to find meditation amongst other things. And his generosity in that moment to share with me what was going on, that generosity was a game changer to me. It changed my life. And and Adam, I cannot thank you enough. I'm, I won't put any thought into this next statement because it's not how I think as a meditator, but I'll make the statement just to make the point. I can't even imagine what my life would be like if I didn't have meditation in it. It's that important to me. It's the most important thing I do every single day. And I can't thank you enough for your generosity and sharing with me what you are going through. And it's changed my life forever. So I'm forever uh, indebted to you and grateful. So I bet you guys are wondering what happened with Adam in this breakup. Well, in a Hollywood script love story, these two young lovebirds went through a breakup and I can happily report that they have gotten back together are now engaged and living their best lives and will be married in the near future in one of the most beautiful places, one of my favorite places in the whole world, Tulum. And what an incredible love story. Two people who loved each other, they needed to work on some stuff, 
They hung in there. They did the work. They improved themselves and ended up back together to be this incredibly generous, gorgeous, loving, beautiful couple. And I can't wait to celebrate their wedding in Tulum, Mexico. So I know that those times were tough, but your hardship was the opening to my life changing. So thank you for sharing it with me and continuously sharing with me your lives and everything great going on in them. And I look forward to all of us continuing to grow old together and wise and wellness. And uh, it's just a beautiful thing to have friends and watch them grow and expand their well-being and really just get through adversity. If I could end this section of the show on anything is that there's going to be a moment where everything feels like it's going to fall apart. The wave is too big. The current is too strong. The wind is too forceful. The ground is shaking too much. And you're going to want to cower. You're going to want to quit. You're going to want to give up and go home. You're going to want to be a quitter. And I could tell you through my own personal life journey and what I've witnessed with my friends and their journeys, push through. Have the faith that if you continue to fight and you continue to move forward and take it day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, second by second, inch by inch, there is light at the end of the tunnel. When it feels like the obstacle in the wall is too high, that is your signal to charge ahead. And watching Adam and Emma work through what they work through, and now they're getting married, and they're happy, and they love each other. It's just such a beautiful story that I am so grateful to be a part of. And I'm so happy that I was able to share that story with you and share the story of meditation. And I truly hope that you take my offer to test out meditation and try it. And you too can build this superpower and start to reap the rewards of awareness and a healthy mind and a healthy body and reaching your max potential. It's truly remarkable. Woo, that felt good. I'm like, I could feel it. I mean, it's hot in here, but I'm sweating. There was a lot of emotion in that story and a lot of passion. Um, you know, I called Adam before I recorded this because I wanted to out of respect, I wanted to make sure that he was okay with me telling the story and in consistency with his character, he was generous and and wanted me to tell the story and was 
he motivated me to tell the story and I, I appreciate that because I think telling these raw, real human stories is what we're about. That's what life is about. It's awesome to share it with you and it's exciting and I really love what I'm doing. You know, the pod is so much fun. We got the new logo. We're talking about meditation, bringing my friends in now and really getting their feedback. And it's just awesome. And to end this episode, I'm going to drop in on a new bean alert to give you a heads up on this new coffee that I'm absolutely in love with. I mean, this might be the best coffee that I've had in a long time. It is from Slate Coffee. You can order it online. It's an Ethiopian. It's a natural. And I'm telling you, like, A, when you get the beans, they smell so good. Then when you grind those beans up, ooh, it just unlocks this party for your nose. It's incredible. Then, you know, boom, you brew your cup, you make your coffee, And it's just so nice, you know? It's like the taste, it's fruity, it's smooth. I've had three cups today. Whoops! I know it's a lot, and you know, it's a lot. But you know, hey, sometimes you gotta do it. You gotta drink it up for the new bean alert. So... I think people get a kick out of this, me trying to read these words, but this week's new bean alert is Slate Coffee Roasters. It's the Ethiopia, and the region is Chelche, Chelchele, Ethiopia, Chichele. It's in the Gadeo zone, it's a natural. And the tasting notes per the website are chocolate cherry, lemon candy, and jasmine. It's incredible. So I would stop what you're doing, immediately go to Slate Coffee, and buy a bag of this because it is the bomb. So that's the new bean alert. And we're going to wrap up this episode This is the Kellen Rowland Show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for giving me your time. Time is, uh, that's the most valuable commodity we have right now. And you just gave me some of your time. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope I piqued your curiosity in meditation. And hey, if you're a meditator, hit me up. Tell me your story. I want to learn what has meditation done for you. Maybe you've hit some roadblocks. Maybe you've reached another level of meditation that I haven't reached because I know I am not done with my journey of meditation. I'm going to be meditating for the rest of my life. And I could proudly report four and a half years of meditating and I've meditated just about every day. I've maybe missed 10 or 15 days in four and a half years. It's insane even when I say it out loud, but really it's not about the four and a half years. The only thing that matters is I meditated today. I really want that to resonate, and I'll say it again. It doesn't matter that I've been meditating for four and a half years, one year, 10 years, 100 years. 
all that matters is I meditated today and I'm going to meditate tomorrow. Because really, today is all we got. And I want to live today to the fullest. So thanks for tuning in. I love you. Hit me up on social media, Kellen Rowland, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. If you have not already, please rate and review the show, subscribe, share it, all that fun stuff. Yeah, this is fun. This is a good one. Um, Just a little bit of kind of like an outtake. I tried to record this like five times today, but I couldn't get a hold of Adam until I spoke with him and he gave me his blessing. Everything I was recording just didn't feel right. So I finally got, it was funny. I reached out to him. Um, I couldn't get in touch with him. So I meditated when I got off the, when I finished my meditation, we jumped on a call. He encouraged me. And here we are. So thank you for tuning in. It's been a pleasure. And uh, I'll be back next week with another episode of The Kellen Rowland Show. Holler at your boy!